All right, guys, this week at Snapshot, we wrapped up our series on the Trinity. So we started off with a question this week, and the question was, is wisdom different than knowledge? Uh, Is wisdom different than knowledge? Uh, Everybody kind of agreed yes, and we had a lot of really awesome answers as to why wisdom and how wisdom was different than knowledge. We talked about how knowledge can just be an understanding of how things work, or they're kind of like book smarts, um, but wisdom is how you apply those things and how you use them in your life. Um, and knowing what to do in certain situations um, that sometimes you can't just learn by reading a book. So we talked about how wisdom is indeed very different than knowledge. Um, And then we went on to talk about how everything in the universe can be a mirror. Our church has a a vision statement that says, creating true reflections of God's amazing love, which is actually really cool. I like it. Normally, they're just like things that are like made up, but I think this one was pretty good. Um, and it, it literally says that we're reflections of Christ um, and that our goal is to help other people understand who Jesus is and help them become reflections of Christ as well, which is perfect. That's amazing, right? Um, everything in the universe can be a mirror. As we talked about, we, we looked at every week different ways to understand the Trinity. We looked at the, the water, vapor, um, ice, water thing, and like the three different states and how that kind of shows us how God could maybe be three things, but still one thing. And we talked about um, how an atom has three different parts that all like work together to be this one thing. And we don't call it a, a different thing, but we, we understand that it has these three moving parts that are part of the one thing. Um, so um, everything in the universe can be a mirror of who God is and a, a eternal truth, right? So anytime you look at creation, like you can see something that, that points to an eternal truth, which is super amazing and mind-blowing. So we looked at a couple Bible verses to start off. Um, we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. And this is like the verse if you're a Jewish person back in the day, right? Like this is in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Like people had to try and memorize those, but like you knew this verse, even if you like didn't go to church, like to synagogue and you didn't really care, like you still knew this verse. This is like John three sixteen for for the Jewish people back in the day, right? Um, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord your God. Ooh. Here's what it says. It says, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Literally here, Moses is reminding people, please talk about these things of God wherever you are all the time. There's never a bad time to be talking about uh, who God is and the things he's saying to us. All right, and again there, uh, a really good translation of that verse um, at the beginning, here are Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Like That's what it says, the Lord is one. There's, again, another biblical clue of this idea of, like, you don't have to say something's one if it's just one thing unless there's something else going on, maybe. So here's something that, that God's 
using and this verse is caught on in Israel and and people are looking at this verse and studying it and they they say it. it's literally like a rally cry for them they're like the lord is one like people would say that so to to hear that and know that that there's something going on god was trying to prepare their hearts to show them to teach them this truth about himself about this idea of the trinity even way back in this verse um, from deuteronomy we also looked at psalm uh, 19 1 through 11 uh, so uh, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but it's, it's a beautiful psalm. Go ahead and read it. Psalm 19, verses 1 through 11. And it literally just talks about how the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship, right? It says, everything continues to speak about God's great greatness, about how he created it and how amazing he is, um, no matter, without saying a word, right? Like if you just take time to look and be in nature, like you will see that something amazing created all this. That's not just happenstance or randomness. Um, and then it goes on to liken um, all of the beauty of creation to saying, God, your commandments are beautiful as well. And they're clear and they last forever. Your laws are good and true and fair. They're more desirable than anything else. Um, so we kind of start out, everything in the universe is a mirror. Um, the Lord is one, and we can, no matter where we are, talk about who he is and his faithfulness. Then Psalm 19 there just reminds us not only of creation being this, this beautiful thing, but also these, these commands, these laws, these, these truths about life that God writes, can write on our hearts um, is, is just another way of putting it. So last week we talked about uh, a poem and we sang a song. And the whole main theme of that was no man is an island, right? We're not in this by ourselves. Um, we're all connected together. What you do um, affects me and what I do affects you. We can act like it doesn't, but that's not really true. That breaks down at some point. And what I do will affect you and what you do will affect me at some point, right? So um, what happens when we see ourselves as disconnected from other people around us in the world? Right, I'll ask that again, I'll let you answer it. What happens when we see ourselves as disconnected from the people around us and the world? Right? A lot of not good things happen, right? Um, and then we read some Bible verses. Um, we read uh, a bunch of verse, uh, uh, just a huge section of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. And it's all like this really deep, in-depth dive of Paul talking to people about what wisdom is, right? That, that, that wisdom and knowledge, right? He talks about like this knowledge of the world and how it um, sees the cross as absolute foolishness. But God used that foolishness um, to make uh, simple the wise, is what it says, right? Like literally, uh, Paul is saying, this thing about Jesus doesn't seem to make sense if you're just looking at it academically. But he's like, it's so much more than that. And it's actually the wisest thing that there ever was. Um, so when we think of ourselves as disconnected, right? Like it can hurt other people. We can uh, make other people less than human. We can do things to people. We can not care about them. Um, all this bad stuff happens, right? Um, nothing's our problem. We're not actually hurting anything because that, that other person or the world is not actually a thing to be cared for. Um, 
and some of this comes from, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, our Western idea of thought, right? And there was a guy who's super influential in this. His name is Aristotle. You've probably heard of him. He wrote this like top 10 list on what it takes to be a thing, right? Like whatever, what, what things it makes to be a thing, which is, seems really weird, but I guess that's what you do when you're an ancient philosopher like that. I don't know. But he had, we just looked at the first four, right? The first four things that qualities that he said you had to be a thing was substance, meaning like you had to like physically have like matter around you, right? Like you had to be a thing. Um, quantity, quality, and number four was relationship, right? Um, and in because of this, uh, the person like you and I, right? We call ourselves people. The idea of a person became an individual, right? We were no longer connected to everything else. We we're no longer connected to each other or to the world. We literally became an individual. We became an island, right? We were kin to nothing. We became an autonomous self, right? Western thought is filtered through this view of reality, right? But what does that idea lead to, right? It leads to us being disconnected. And we talked about all the bad things that can come from that. So the early church actually used a word to talk about the Trinity, they would say the three persons of the Trinity. And this was um, kind of around the area of Turkey, um, what we would call Turkey nowadays. Um, but they used this word, and it actually means for person, and it means a sounding through. So they're literally like the three sounding throughs of the Trinity, right? And when we talk about us as ourselves, like think about how awesome that is, like kind of again, like being a mirror, but we're a sounding through of God right? Your whole life is a sounding through of, of the creator, the one who created you out of this overflowing, abundant love that he had. Um, uh, we looked at this quote from uh, The Great Divorce, which is a story by C.S. Lewis about people who are living in hell. And he says, he, he comes, we come upon this one character and the character says, I don't want help. I want to be left alone. Right, that sums up a lot of how people feel nowadays. Right, like, I don't want any help. I don't want to talk to me. I don't want to try to fix me. I want to be left alone. Right, but what happens when we refuse relationship? The reason we talked about that Aristotle thing is because that's what happens when we make ourselves individuals that are absolutely autonomous and we're islands and we're not connected. Right, we're just matter. We're just stuff. We're just a thing. Right, where. That, that should be flip-flopped, right? Number one should not be substance. Number one should be relationship because that's what we were created out of and that's what we were created for, right? If we um, devalue relationship, all sorts of terrible stuff can happen from that, right? Selfishness, objectifying, we exalt our own desires, narcissism, which means we just think about ourselves all the time, which leads to sin, which is a damaging of, of this peace, this shalom that the this whole of life peace that Israel used to talk about, right? Um, human strength admires autonomy, right? Um, it's the sin in the garden of Eden, the very first sin that uh, we read about in scripture, right? It's like this idea that we want to be in charge, right? God's holding something back from us and we deserve it and we should be in charge. Who does he think he is? We're awesome, right? That's kind of the same as Aristotle's categories there, like, Relationship is not high, number one on the list. But God invites us to mutuality, which means humbleness and love. 
which looks like weakness to many. It looks like foolishness to the wise. So go check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2, pretty much the whole couple chapters there. Um, and that's kind of what Paul's talking about, right? So um, hope you guys understand a little more about the Trinity, and um, it'll be influencing um, how we talk about stuff as we move forward. So make sure you check out the other ones if you haven't listened to it.